Welcome to Building and Protecting Your Business Worth podcast. This podcast is about sharing strategies and ideas to help business owners build, protect, and transition their businesses for the future while creating more balance in their life. Your host is Thomas J. Perrone, CLUCIC, and president of the New England Consulting Group of Guilford Incorporated, consulting business owners for over 50 years. Welcome to Building and Protecting Your Business Worth. Hi, I'm Tom Perrone, and I'm your host. And this podcast is all about learning strategies to build your business, to create greater profit, but to create also an abundance of leisure time so you can enjoy what you're building. Well, welcome. Welcome to the program, Building and Protecting Your Business Worth. I'm Tom Perrone, and I'm my own guest today, So, because I got something to say. You know... Time goes by fast. You enter a career, you're young, I was 21, and now all of a sudden I'm not 21 anymore, but it's 53 years down the road. But the offset of that is you get a lot of experience, you see a lot of things, you learn to temper some of your thinking. And one of the things I do want to talk about today is I want to talk about the leaks, the financial leaks in the financial system of a businessman's world. I uh, just did a blog that I have on my yourbusinessworth.com. Go up there and you can read it. It's uh, this month's blog. And I I thought I would do a podcast on it so people that aren't going to read stuff will listen to me. Because I think it's very, very important. Most of the terrible financial plans... And situations I've ever seen in 53 years has been from business owners that have not taken advantage of some of the major areas that are available. And I brought it up to date this month, thinking about last October when the government was thinking about changing a lot of the tax law. We heard about grantor trusts going bye-bye, the stepped-up cost basis going bye-bye, um, a, a capital gains going by, but well, there, there was a lot more to it, and it made me think that for those people who just said, "Well, I, you know, I, I can't use these options in my estate," I think you might be wrong, and I'm not saying it's for everybody, but there's some opportunities here to use what's available now, because I think what's available now is going to go away. The government needs a lot of money, and they stuck their nose in that tent last October to test the waters, but they didn't change much. Thank God. For example, the exemption credit is 11.7, now it's 12 million. As a couple, that's 24 million. Well, that's, you know, that takes on almost everybody except the very wealthy. So uh, middle America is not going to care about that. But what happens if they decide that the exemption credit's no longer that high and bring it down to a million or two or three or even five? Well, you know, there's a lot of business owners that are sitting on that kind of wealth that is not necessarily cash or liquid. It's building, property, stock value, It's a lot of things, and it would affect them. So 
I want to talk about 16 leaks that I think today you might consider as a business owner to look at. And I'm also going to discuss uh, in my up and coming video mistakes and some of the advantages of taking care and taking use of these, these provisions. So without further ado, let's talk about number one. Number one is depending on your accountant and your attorney for your long-term plans. In other words, I've seen business owners that have said, well, I got an accountant and I'm turning, and they dismissed any future planning or even getting a plan by design. Rather, they rather have a plan by default. Trust me, and your CPA and your attorney would be the first two people to raise their hand. They would say, here's what I do. I file your tax return. I record history. I try to keep you out of trouble if I'm aware of it, but that's what I do. I don't do much planning and I don't do futuristic planning for the most part. And and most accountants will will agree to that. Now the ones that won't are probably not filing your tax returns. They're doing more exploratory planning, much like I do in my practice. And the account the attorney would be the same person. So don't have a false sense of, of, of security to think just because you have um, uh, an attorney, an accountant that you've done planning. Number two, not getting a certified evaluation of your business periodically. Uh, you know how many times I've heard our trade organization says we use five times earnings or 10 times earnings or my friend has the same kind of business and he got $3 million or he got five. Every business is different. Uh, if you read a book, Paul Hood, he has a great book called Buy and Sell Agreements, The Businessman's Last Will and Testament. You will find, uh, and Paul will talk about valuations. He doesn't like fixed valuations for a lot of reasons. And he doesn't like he doesn't like a formulas because they can be changed and manipulated. But the true way of doing this is to get an evaluation by a certified appraiser every couple of years. Your, your, money, your, your business is worth a lot of money. You want to have a great idea what it's worth. Not taking advantage of your company's cash flow to create executive compensation benefits for your... This is one of the biggest ones I see. I see people not taking advantage of their corporate or business cash flow to create and put into play some of the best executive compensation programs available to business people because not only are they rich in tax-free benefits but they're low and you can't pay any lower of a cost because of the tax efficiency. The way it's taxed is, in, is a, a very significant discount from the way you and I would be taxed if we took a dollar, paid our tax, and tried to buy a plan. But through your company, there's ways of doing it. I call the corporate executive equity plan and people are not taking advantage of it the way they should. I place many of these, and our clients are getting rich benefits 
through their company. They can pick and choose who they want in it. They don't have to include everybody. I would actually say that these benefits are better than any 401k and maybe defined benefit program. And the nice thing is if you're a business owner, you don't have to include everybody. You just have to include yourself or a key person or a family member. Number four, not delegating responsibilities. Uh, this is one of the very true value value drivers uh, for a business. If you're, if you're holding on to things, to tasks to do because you have an ego, you can't let go, you, can't, you don't have anybody that can do it as well as you, my suggestion is find somebody and start building a middle team so that you can focus on the two or three things that you do better than anybody. Plus, if you don't do this, when you are ready to exit or transition out of your business, you would not have built up the system needed in middle management for a purchaser to want to come in and do it. Purchasers do not want to do what you do. They want to buy a business that will run basically with other people. They don't want to run it. Anyways, read about that. I think I think you're hurting yourself by not delegating. And I see a lot of that. And with delegation comes the systemizing of your business and putting a journal and having that in writing and make it a system. Uh, my friend Bill Dorr talks about systemology. Um, David Jenks in Australia has got a program for businesses. My friend Carl Mayer at, uh, at um, Abundant developed management systems. So it's a system to run your business. If you're just doing it uh, off the top of your head, uh, you're going to run into trouble because as it expands, you can't control it. And then when you want to get out of your business and transition uh, transition out, you won't have a system. Uh, My suggestion is find systems and start systemizing. Number six, not taking the time to plan your estate and incorporate your business planning. Sometimes people think because they have a will that they've done estate planning. No, Uh, because your business will comprise much of your wealth. And it's a moving target as far as the value. And it's a very intricate asset to pass on. And you have to be careful of how you're setting it up. But you need to incorporate your business planning and your estate planning and create a, uh, a designed plan, not a plan by default. Because plans by default cost a lot of money and usually don't work. Number seven, not having an up-to-date transition and succession plan, just like I spoke about. Uh, if, you, if, you're, if you're talking about a business where you want to sell in the future, it's not going to happen by itself. And you're going to hurt yourself by not planning the transition, plotting away. Now, planning for transition doesn't mean you are finding people. You're putting all those value judgments or value drivers in play because they take a lot of time and you need a lot of time to put them in play. So by the time you're ready to transition out, you have a, a smooth running machine. But you really have to start talking about what are you going to do with this business. Um, 
Eight, not having records of your business and your estate organized for your family should you die. That I don't have to say much on that. Many family members are caught off guard and end up paying a lot of money in their state, in the estate distribution and the settlement of the estate. Uh, number nine, having a plan B transition. Okay, so you didn't get plan A because you've been putting it off like we all do. I understand. It's in the draw, but you're going to get to it. Well, you better have a quick plan B transition because if you get killed on a uh, coming home from a party uh, last night, uh, that doesn't change the, the the situation. You have a business. Who gets it? Can they continue it? Um, all kinds of problems. So have a plan B, even if you just to say, hey, if I die, here's what I'm doing. Uh, and then work on your plan A. Number 10, having most of your sales come from only a few clients. In my book, Unlocking Your Business DNA, I have a chapter about a client who had almost 90% or maybe 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 more coming from the state. However, the key person in his business uh, basically knew all the agency heads. The owners didn't really know these people. So what happened is very very quickly is that the manager wanted a bonus. He was doing a great job. Well, they fought him on that. And I said to them, this guy can walk with your employees. And guess what? You don't even have any kind of agreement with him. He could take those contracts and start his own business or go to your competition and bring them along. So you should pay some attention because this is your whole business. It's 90% of your sales is coming from one area. So we talked about spreading it around, uh, getting back to marketing, finding more clients and building a middle management with benefits, investing schedules, and also employment contracts and uh, competing contracts. So again, a lot to do there. Uh, 11, your professional advisors should be working as a team with each other for your benefit. In my book, I talk about the advisory team, which is when I went to do and when I do go into planning, I ask the client to uh, allow us to put together the attorney, the accountant, myself, whoever is an advisor, and sit in one room and have a session about what does the owner of the firm want out of this. Um, ask yourself, how many times have all your advisors met each other in one room for two hours to talk about what you've been doing, what they've been doing, and how the plan looks? So I, I'm a big advocate of that, working together. Uh, not sharing your planning with your spouse. Very important. Please communicate to your spouse what you're doing uh, this, I remember my traditional grandparents never wanted to talk about family business, but, uh, that put the, the survivors at risk. Paul Hood has a, a great book. Uh, it's called Yours, Ours, and Mine. It's about a blended family. But one of the key things that he's been talking about all his career has been, uh, communication of the people who you're leaving behind. And uh, it doesn't change the game. You're still going to do what you're going to do, but it certainly makes it easier to process the estate, especially the surviving spouse, because they know what to expect.
13, having the wrong type of business structure currently in your business career. I've seen where a lot of businesses um, start off one way because they're small. They're doing everything. Maybe there's one or two people. And now they're up to 5, 6, 10, 15 people. But the dynamics have changed. But they've stayed in the same type of business structure. This is something you should review with your accountant. They could really help you out here. Uh, one, one thing that comes to uh, the top of my uh, my head is uh, uh, being a, a sole proprietor and uh, earning a lot more money but not needing all that money. And maybe a, an S-corporation would have been the way to go to avoid all the payroll taxes that you had to file as a sole proprietor. Anyways, talk to your accountant about that. Um, having the wrong type of business structure is very common. So it's something that um, you should bring up to your accountant and your attorney and your advisor and discuss it. Now, not having a buy and sell agreement and uh, a succession agreement, what is going to happen to the business at your death or one of the seven triggers, especially if you have a partner? You know, sooner or later, you're going to die, have an illness, just hate to be in your business or die at your desk. One way or another, you're going to leave your business. So you need to have plans. You need to have your buy and sell agreements up to date. If you have partners, you have to talk about the trigger, the triggering events. Are they funded? How are they going to pay for it? Uh, if, if a person leaves, um, what's that cost going to be and who's going to fund it? Where's the money come from? Will the company allow the uh, have the ability to take a note out to fund to buy the stock or is that the responsibility of the co-stockholder a lot of issues uh but worth the conversation number 15 not taking advantage of the income tax laws which allow you to spread some of the benefits to the lower taxpayers in your family there are benefits out there that your family can enjoy working in the business especially the kids. There's also benefits out there that you can purchase uh, and have beneficial interest in your family. And I won't get into it, but they, they are out there and uh, you should talk to someone like myself or a planner that does benefits for small corporations. There's a lot of advantages than you buying something as an individual. Uh, 16, not taking adequate time away from your business. This is big. Uh, one of the things I wrote in my book was how I was able to uh, run my business, seeing clients 80 days a year. Uh, the rest of the days I, I either took off or I did administrative work or community work or whatever. But it created an enjoyment of my profession. I saw my kids doing everything. I was there at their meetings, their school meetings. But you know what? You get to really enjoy life. Uh, you're earning money. You're up on your game. But one of the things I did find by taking a lot of time off, you become a lot more creative in how you're running your business, ideas, marketing, the whole deal, because you're away from it. But more on that, it's a chapter I have in my book, Unlocking Your Business DNA, which you can get at Amazon and all profits do go to Wounded Warriors or a Veterans, uh, a veterans Organization. Um, 
I have a wonderful little tool called the One Minute Survey. It really is a one-minute survey, uh, and it helps you assess your business and where you are. And it does three things. It gives you an idea where you are in your business planning. Two, it gives you an idea of the work that we get involved with or a planner gets involved with. And the third thing, it helps you formulate questions you probably haven't even thought, thought about. So... Uh, if you would like that, I can send it to you, but you can email me at T-P-E-R-R-O-N-E at N-E-C-G-G dot com. That's T-P-E-R-R-O-N-E at N-E-C-G-G-I-N-C dot com. Or call me at 203-530-6615. Well, I want to thank everybody for tuning in and listening. It was a good show today. And uh, if you would help us out by subscribing, click a like. Uh, if you have any ideas or thoughts that you would like to share with us, please email me at tperone, that's P-E-R-R-O-N-E, at N-E-C-G-G-I-N-C dot com. And if you are a business owner, or you know business owners that would like to participate on our show, certainly let me know. We certainly welcome everyone who is a business owner to help people out there that are running businesses with great ideas and strategies to make them successful. So again, thanks for tuning in. I certainly appreciate it. Thank you for tuning in. Whenever you're ready to grow and protect your business while creating more balance in your life, here are three steps you can take. One, subscribe to this podcast. To request a free copy of Tom's newly published book, Unlocking Your Business DNA, email Tom at tperone at necgginc.com. And on the subject line, type DNA. Include your mailing address. And thirdly, take the one-minute scorecard and report to see how efficient you are in your business planning. Email tperone at necgginc.com and request scorecard. For additional information, click the show notes.